I knew that I was in a financial um, difficulty. My positives were not gonna be as much as my negatives, but I knew I had to give. And we could uh, afford pretty good toys in, in a lot of places, but our decision has always been to put uh, God first in our finances. He has never let us down. Paying your full tithing for us, I mean, I guess for anyone, it's like a big chunk of money that you, you look at it and you're like, oh, I could do so many other things with this money. If it's just discontentment, you're happy with what you have and everything is, has more flavor to it. I feel like the more we give, the more we want to give. Mm -hmm. And we get more and more excited as time goes on to give as much as we can. Good morning and welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as our campuses all join together. And uh, let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are and what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us this morning at Celebration Church, our campuses in Green Bay, as well as in Stevens Point and Appleton. I'm coming to all of you today, including the Green Bay campuses today, uh, via video. Uh, I wasn't actually able to be uh, physically here this morning. I'm uh, just outside New York City speaking at a church there. Uh, kind of excited about it. Uh, New York City is <clears throat> obviously not the most churched area in the world, and uh, to have an opportunity to actually get into that very populated area and get a chance to share at some churches is, is, a, is a great uh, honor and blessing opportunity. So uh, that's where I'm at physically this morning. But this morning, I wanted to continue on our series about uh, tithing, um, and a series is obviously called Do You Tithe? Now, if you've missed any of these messages for the last couple of Sundays, I really encourage you to go online, take a listen to them so you can get a sense of why we're talking about what we're talking about. Now, tithing is an old English word that means a tenth. Uh, we use it as a verb today, do you tithe, to mean do you give 10% back to God. And we talked about what that meant and uh, where people stand in faith with it. Some people, they do it, you know, off their gross income. Others, uh, I would assume the majority of people, are, it's their net, what they actually bring home. Uh, and for others still, I encourage them, if you're in a survival mode and everything's just a complete disaster in your life, take what's left after that and tithe off of that. Find some place where you can start to honor God with this tithing. Now, the big debate over tithing over all these years as had much to do with the Old Testament law. Uh, 
because the Old Testament law said you had to tithe. But as Christians, we don't live under the Old Testament law. So people say, well, we don't have to tithe today. Well, in a sense, that's true. We don't have to tithe. We don't really have to do much of anything. We live under the New Testament where it's not about having to do something because it's written on stone tablets. It's about doing the right thing because it's written on our hearts and wanting to honor God. And clearly, throughout the New Testament, uh, one of the major disciplines of the Christian faith is to give financially. And the standard of tithing was actually set up long before there was a law of Moses. Hundreds of years, a good 500 years before Moses even came along, they began to tithe. This is something that's started way before the law of Moses, has gone ever since the law of Moses. We believe it is a good standard to honor God and to give back to him because we know we're supposed to give back to him. And not just to, you know, when you come to church and tipping like you'd tip a waiter at a restaurant, uh, but to give really intentionally and say, you know, this is the standard. This is where I start. We're going to honor God and give back to God. Now, when people first think about it, the first thing that they think of is, how can I do this? You know, I can barely make it as it is. Uh, You know, there goes, you know, any joy in my life. Now I'm going to really struggle. It's going to be a horrible, burdensome thing. But as we've looked through the scriptures, what you see is the exact opposite. That when you give, your life doesn't just suck financially. It is when you get into a place where God starts actually blessing your life. Uh, We read uh, one of the most famous promises about tithing is found in the book of Malachi, the third chapter, verse 10, where this is God saying, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Talking about bringing it to the house of God. And then God says something really unusual here. He says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. Now, here's what's unusual about that. The Bible specifically says, you're not supposed to test God. What that means is you can't be driving a car 85 miles an hour around a curve that says 30 and says, don't worry, we believe God's going to protect us and watch God, you know, Now you're going to get yourself killed, and that's called testing God. You're pushing the envelope. You're not supposed to push the envelope in your life. You're supposed to trust God, honor God, do the smart thing, but just, you know, you're not supposed to just jump off a building because the Bible says the angels of the Lord will pick you up and protect you. (laughs) You're just going to wind up as, you know, roadkill on the side of the the building or whatever. So uh, you're not supposed to test God, but in this area, This is where there's this huge exception where God actually says, test me in this. In this one, you can test me. In this one, you can actually come to God and say, God, prove it. I'm going to put you to the test. And you do this by doing this thing called tithing and then watch what God does as a result result of this in your life. Now, this is very different. A lot of people think, well, God, just help me win the lottery and I'll give money. Or Lord, help me, you know, get a better job and I'll give money. Or Lord, help this happen and I'll give money. Or, you know, but we're not supposed to be saying, God, give me money so I can give, which a lot of people do. You really shouldn't be thinking like that. You're supposed to be thinking, Lord, help me to give what I have and then trust you that you will bless me back. That's the way it's supposed to work. So the Bible says, God says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not room enough to store it. Now, God, just test test me in this. See what will happen. See if I don't wind up blessing your life and that your life will actually be better off after you do this 
than if you would have just held on to it in the first place. And that's really the truth. Now, I speak these sorts of things, and I know a lot of people sit and say, well, you know, he has to say that. He's the preacher. That's how the church gets their money. Now, I want you to hear some stories today of people from our church. Now, we just threw this together very quickly, so they're just people from the East Green Bay campus, closest to where all our video equipment is. Didn't have time to get over to Appleton and Stevens Point for this, but we have stories there. There's stories everywhere around the kingdom of God. It's not just exclusive of our churches, any churches where people do this. They have stories that you can hear where you'll see that God literally does what we're talking about. That when they give, that God gave back to them and their end actually winds up being better and bigger than it was in the first place. Again, hard for some of you to listen to me. I want you to listen to some others this morning. And we're going to start this morning with this first testimonial to see what it's like when you start to step out and to trust God in your giving. I'm Trent from the Green Bay campus, and this is my story. My walk with Christ started about two and a half years ago in November uh, in the midst of an unexpected and unwanted breakup of my marriage. I became a different person. Almost immediately, I started having a desire to give um, to anything. Uh, Finally, around February, March, I found my church, Celebration. When I went, when I got to Celebration and attended regularly, the Malachi uh, and the Luke Luke, uh, verses would be brought up during the giving time. And that's, I knew I had to start that. You know, I had to start doing my giving to the church as opposed to just charities. I knew that I was in a financial um, difficulty. Yeah, I knew that if I didn't have a certain amount of overtime, um, my positives were not going to be as much as my negatives. But I knew I had to give. So I decided to do, start out with just 10% of my net. Um, you know, plus my other giving, I thought I was you know, pretty close. Well, you know, taking that risk, you know, even though I knew I was pretty tight on money, I, I gave it a shot. The first time was pretty tough. I mean, you take and you, um, you know, write that check for, let's say, 150 bucks, you know, for every two weeks, it gets kind of tough to hand that thing over, you know? Um, but what was nice is the giving online, it's a lot easier to press a button than to you know, hand over uh, you know, a, a chunk of money. It was going pretty good uh, the first you know, f- five, six months. You know, I was getting a reasonable amount of right amount of overtime to get by, you know. All of a sudden, I, there was a point in October or November where it was starting, the overtime tailed off and I was getting nervous. I had that tension. It's like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. You know, I don't know if this is gonna keep working, you know. So I decided, you know, I wrestled with this and I decided to get a second job. The second I got that job, you know, part-time, I got more overtime than I could ever imagine on my first job. I never needed to get the second one. I should have just trusted God in the first place. I've been continuing to do this. I've been giving more and more. I've been upping my percentage uh, because it works. I mean, it's, it's amazing 
this year, I would say from the last year, I think I'm 18%, 15, 18% more money than I did the year before. And this is the whole time I'm just giving, you know, I'm, I, it just, it blows my mind, you know, how I get these little uh, surprises. Just recently, um, I actually, the day that I was asked to do this, I got a letter uh, from my dentist says, here, we want to give you $45 back. Today, when before I came, came here to talk, I got a, another letter from my doctor, and it's actually a check, and they said for $100 to give back to me, that they went through the records, and they found that, that I that I was getting need to be given another hundred dollars back. This kind of stuff happens all the time. It never did before. You know, I think it's supernatural. You know, skeptics might say something else. I think it's supernatural. I'm Trent. Through celebration, God has taught me to give and shown me the blessings that come with it. Now I want to look at uh, something that Jesus said. That was an Old Testament thing. God speaking in the Old Testament. Now this is Jesus talking in Luke the 6th chapter and verse 38. Jesus says, give and it will be given to you. Now, first of all, I want you to really get this in your head. This is not a prophet talking. This is not an apostle talking. This is not one of the disciples talking. He's not just some songwriter talking. There's all kinds of people in the Old Testament. There's not a king talking. Uh, it's just not an everyday. This is Jesus talking. I want you to picture Jesus' face right now. Just in your mind's eye, I want you to picture Jesus looking at you and saying these words, give and it will be given to you. Now the beauty about all this is that God entices us that he will reward if we'll step out in faith. Now, he's God. He could have just said, give and shut up. That's the end of it. Just you need to give. I don't care whether your life is miserable. I don't care if you now got to struggle harder than ever before. Tough snot. You got to do it this way because I'm God and you need to give. He could have. He's God. He can do anything he wants. But he didn't approach it that way. Jesus looked at people and said, give and it will be given to you. Well, what kind of giving? He goes on to describe it this way. He says, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. Wow, that's a considerable amount. Well, he says, for the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So he throws that in as well. So for example, if you give just a little bit, even then God will bless you just a little bit. Where do you find this place where you can give where you start to experience bigger returns? The more you can step out in faith, the more God will bless you. Again, people who do this will tell you their lives are better off because they did it. Here's another story. Charles Karsten. And I'm Jennifer Karsten. And we're from the Green Bay campus, and this is our story. 
A few years ago, we decided to jump right in and start tithing, and so we did. And for the first year, it was pretty rough. I feel like we probably weren't trusting enough in God, and we were trying to do it all ourselves. And then we just, uh, shortly after coming to Celebration Church, we decided that we would uh, we needed to fill in all the pieces, and that's why we started tithing, because we knew we were supposed to. We were just uh, tentative, we didn't want to. And During the first year, when we were adjusting to it, um, what we did come away with that, that has always stayed with us, is that we're not chasing after the next thing anymore. We don't have that, that drum beat, that as soon as you buy something, the tarnish, you know, it gets tarnished, and and you start to want something else, that's just gone. And it is, it's an amazing feeling not to think about the next thing you want to buy or the next thing that you need to get into your life. And after about a year, we got a pretty substantial blessing that, that set everything to right. And ever since then, we, it's, uh, for our tithing story, it's been a lot like Elijah and the Widow, that they're, no matter how much we pull, there always seems to be just enough left over. We don't uh, we don't have a feast, but we always have enough, and it's uh, it's been quite a blessing. It's this discontentment. You're happy with what you have, and everything is, has more flavor to it. And I feel like the more we give, the more we want to give, mm -hmm. and we get more and more excited as time goes on to give as much as we can. There are times. Even now, when we try to take control or we start to worry too much, that it seems like we realize what we're doing and we let it up to God again. And it's amazing the blessings that start pouring out of that again. I mean, we've had times where we didn't know how we were going to make certain payments and suddenly there would be a check that would show up for just the amount that we were short. We, we, we had a bunch of unexpected stuff come up last year. and. Uh, Things were getting tight, so I asked my boss if it was okay with him if I got an evening job, and he asked what I would need not to have to get an evening job, and he matched it just like that, just so that I wouldn't have to. That was very unexpected because I was just expecting to get another job. I didn't have to. It was a big burden lifted off of our shoulders. It was an amazing burden lifted yeah, it's not like someone showed up with a Rolls Royce as soon as we started right. tithing. It was more... Little things, and, and being able to recognize those things, too. And the stability. Um, things are... Because we used to worry all the time, and now we don't. Um, not because things are great 100% of the time, but because we know that no matter what happens, God is there for us. And mm -hmm. we just don't worry about it. There are times when... Things would be pretty scary, and a few years ago we would have been freaking out, but not anymore. Now we have learned to trust. I was the queen bee of worrying. You were. I was. But this has really kind of taught me a lesson. Um, just keep trusting, even when things get hard. When I start to see myself doing it again, I, I sit back and think, when has he not taken care of us? And he always, always has.
We're Charles and Jennifer Karsten, and through Celebration Church, God has taught us to not worry because He is more faithful than we could ever be. Now I want you to hear from the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. This is in 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter. This is, he writes to the Corinthians, Corinthian church. This is the second big letter that he writes to them. And he says uh, in chapter 9, verse 6, now remember this. Why does he have to tell us to remember this? Because you'll forget. <laughs> you know, We often have to remind ourselves of some of the most fundamental basic truths in the scriptures. And Paul is trying to remind us, don't forget this. Okay, don't get so caught up in your life that you forget some of these fundamental truths. He says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Say, so, well, I give once in a while. God doesn't really bless me. Well, I'm sure he did. It's just, it's in proportion to what you gave, which isn't a whole lot, you know? It, it is what it is. God sets up these rules. You will reap what you sow. This applies to everybody. Nobody escapes this. And Paul's trying to remind them, look, if you give a little, you're going to get a little. But whoever sows generously will also reap generously. A little different than what we think. God bless me with the lottery and then I give to the church. That's not the way it works. You have to sow first and then you will reap. We reap what we sow. There is that law that goes into effect. It's amazing how many people today have a, this is, applies in all areas of life, actually. It's, it's amazing how many people today have no connection between what they do and what they get in life. It's a law that affects everybody, believer or not. You may not believe in God or anything, and you're still going to reap what you sow. If you do the right things, you're going to have a successful life. If you do the wrong things, you're going to fail. A lot of people today say, well, it's not, you know, why does my life stink? It's the government's fault. It's not fair. It's this. Everybody's blaming everybody else. Well, the truth of the matter, you will reap what you sow. This is a universal law, just like the law of gravity. And Paul's trying to remind us of this when it comes to giving into the kingdom of God to be as generous as we can be so that God will bless us. And he goes on to say, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Make this determination. This is what we're going to do. And again, start wherever you need to start as a point of reference. But do it and do it as, as a matter of faith. This is not reluctantly or under compulsion. Oh, I got to do it. I gotta. We don't force people to do any of this stuff. Again, people say, do we have to tithe? My answer is no. You don't have to tithe. You don't have to do much of anything. Should you tithe? The answer is yes. You should give. You should pray. You should do all these things. Why? So that God will bless your life. Why should you care? Because you will reap what you sow. Uh, so he says, don't do this reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. When you learn to give to God joyfully and cheerfully, your life will be blessed. We're Mark and Christina Spielbauer from the Celebration Campus in Green Bay, and this is our story. We started tithing, actually, uh, before we joined Celebration Church, uh, we did not tithe and uh, got invited to Celebration Church about 18 years ago. And uh, one of the things we heard through pastor and through our um, training with uh, Financial Peace University was uh, to take the next step in, in our walk uh, uh, with Christ was to that we had to tithe. Uh, coming from the background we did, that was kind of a unique thing for us. 
but um, we stepped into it on faith. Uh, we didn't start out right away at uh, you know with the full tithe of ten percent, but we worked up to it. And had the usual arguments over the years about uh, is it supposed to be net or gross on your income and all that. And, and as we matured, we, we've gotten by that. And so now uh, tithing is just uh, something that's uh, part of our family. It's part of our life. It's what we do. Uh, it's almost to the point now uh, we don't even really think that much about it because it's it's so ingrained in our life. Uh, you know, the check checks just go out every month and. Uh, the blessings have been phenomenal. Uh, you know, we've always, Christine and I, uh, you know, we kind of grew up together and I've been married a long time now. And uh, so we've always been uh, rather blessed, but uh, whenever things have come up, the money's always been there. It's just, a, it's a peace that we have uh, knowing that uh, financially we've put uh, our, our faith in God and that uh, the money is being used for the things that it is. At this point in our life with looking at retirement, having some kind of like a cottage or up north um, facility to go to to have fun with our family and we've just chosen, we don't want to do that. We want to utilize the extra money that we have that God has blessed us with to further his kingdom and that is the blessing that we are so very thankful for because early in our marriage, um, money kind of had us by the purse strings and it was really important to us and now it's really nice to see my husband have an open um, an open book policy. I mean, his wallet no longer runs any of the decisions. It has just been incredible to see the softness of his heart towards giving and what that blessing has done for our family in opening up the doors for communication, for obedience. Um, it's just been incredible, very humbling, and I'm very, very thankful that Celebration teaches us the important things that we need to do to be good stewards of what he's given us, and I'm just very, very thankful. Yeah, we could uh, afford pretty good toys in, in a lot of places, but our decision has always been to put uh, God first in our finances. He has never let us down uh, through all the uh, medical things that Christine has gone through the last few years. Uh, the bills always get paid, and we don't worry about those things. It's in God's hands. We know that it's in God's hands. Uh, and it's, it's been a fantastic journey, and it's something that uh, uh, we'll never change. Uh, we're Mark and Christina, and um, God has used uh, us through Celebration Church. Uh, it's been a complete blessing to our family. Now, I want to pick up again where Paul was just talking about if you give generously, God will bless you generously. This is the same letter, a few verses later, picking up at verse 8. It says, and God is able to bless you abundantly. You have to remember, God can do this. This is nothing for him. It may be a big deal for you. You might think, I don't know how I'm going to get any more money. I don't know how God's going to bless us. I don't know how we're going to get out of the death that we're in. I don't know how is it even possible. He's reminding you, listen, God is able to bless you abundantly. God doesn't look at you and go, ah. Too bad, I can't do anything for this guy. He's in such a mess. He doesn't think of those. Nothing is impossible to God. God, it's a piece of cake for God like that to start blessing you abundantly. He can do it. Why will he do it? So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, how many of you would like that? Having everything that you need. Now, sometimes people say, you know, if you just give, God will just make you a millionaire. 
No, that's not really what he's talking about. Now, I know people that that has happened. They've been so generous. God has kept blessing them. and They've been insanely successful. And we talked about people who actually get so successful, they give way beyond the tithe. Some people uh, have gotten so successful, they live off the tithe and give away 90% of their income. Easy to do when you have multiple millions of dollars coming into your life every year, okay? But that's because God has blessed them so much. And, and, and those are the wild examples, but that's not really the promise. The promise here is that you will have all that you need so that you will abound in every good work. The point here is God wants to bless you so that in all things, at all times, you can have everything you need so that you can continue to bless others. Hard to bless people when you can't. Have you ever been in a situation where you saw something, you thought, man, I wish I could help that person out, but you just can't. Or you hear about an offering that were taken up and you think, man, I, I wish I could help out for that thing in the church, but, but I just can't. Or we got a campaign like Go Beyond or something. Man, I, I'd love to be able to give to that, but I just can't. Well, that's because you're in this place where you don't have all that you need so that you can go beyond and give. That's where God wants to get you. That's why you give. God is able to bless you enough that you will actually be into the place where you can have everything that you need. And not only all that you need, but that you can even give more. <clears throat> he picks up in verse uh, 10, he says, now he who supplies seed to the sower, remember he's the one who told us to sow. He supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. The one who does this will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Here again, he's talking about this ability to be able always to give, to always be generous, because God has blessed you so much, you can turn around and continually bless others, because he's given you the sow to seed. And if you will sow the seed in faith, you will watch the return. The problem is, we live in the United States of America, where we are such a consumerist nation. Uh, it's stunning how many people in America don't even have a savings account. Everything we touch, we consume. And not only do we consume everything we touch, we consume stuff before we even have what we can have to consume it. They're called credit cards. Everybody's constantly giving and buying stuff with the money you don't have, so you're already up to debt to your eyeballs because you gotta keep consuming because you ran out of money, so now we gotta borrow the money so we can keep consuming. We don't think, gee, I should stop consuming so much. We think, gee, how can I get more credit so they can consume? And the problem is you just ran into a rat hole. And then your life struggles. It's an icky place to be. And if you struggle with this, get involved in some of these financial uh, programs that the church has that uh, uh, you'll hear us talk about. And we teach you how to succeed in life so you don't have to live this way. It's a terrible way to live. Uh, instead of taking all your seed, that God, says, God will give you seed, and you have to stop and think, the point of seed is so that you can grow a crop so that you can eat. But if you eat all of the crop, now you have nothing to sow in, so next year you'll starve to death. So the point is, using this farmer's analogy, don't eat all your seed. Don't take everything you got and then borrow more before you can even have it. So you spend you know, years now giving way back more because of the high interest rates so that you can never get ahead. Don't consume everything that you have. That's why we talk in this idea of the tithe. Take a percentage. It's just a dime for the dollar you bring home. Sow it into the kingdom of God. Why? So that God will bless you with even 
more. Hi, my name is Tom and this is my wife Heather. Uh, we're from the Green Bay campus and this is our story. Heather and I have uh, been married for a little over 13 years now and uh, Heather has been a, a cornerstone when it came to tithing and uh, something that uh, I've always actually fallen short of and that's the same with the budget. So uh, you know, I've done budgets for for major corporations globally and uh, was able to follow us through but never for our personal budget. We've attended the financial piece and uh, we're still going through that and also we began our tithing and we tithe the full percent and very difficult uh, at first but as the Lord said that's one area that he can really test him in and that's what we're testing and it's just been amazing type of uh, things that have been happening to us since then. Things just seem to be falling in place right now. There's more opportunities that are coming our way. And uh, it's just been, it's been right. This has been a learning experience, I think, for, for you and for our marriage. Well, I think that we were having a really hard time making ends meet. Once you were on board and once we decided together as husband and wife to start paying full tithing, then the blessing started pouring in. Now we need to reinforce that to our children and um, just make that like a normal for them so that when they are adults um, and they're married, that it's not uh, foreign, that it just comes naturally to them. That you, know, you get paid and you automatically give your 10% to God first. I guess for anyone, it's like a big chunk of money that you, you look at it and you're like, oh, I could do so many other things with this money. And when we're not on the same page and um, causes a lot of friction, a lot of friction in the marriage. And I think that um, it's one of the things, like going through this course um, has helped to save our marriage where we were ready to like fall apart. It's brought us together. We just know that somehow we were, it was God's plan to put us here in Green Bay. We had uh, yep. you know, no idea why, you know, until like, it all makes sense. Celebration church is why. That's it, so now we don't want to leave. <laughs> Heather and Tom and Celebration Church has um, given us the tools to reconnect and to save our marriage. Remember, this is not out of compulsion. This isn't to make people feel badly. This isn't to force people to do things they don't want to do. This is so that you can be blessed. Remember the words of Jesus as he looks at you and says, listen, give, and it will be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, will come back into your lap if you will do this. If you sow little, you'll reap little. If you sow much, you will reap much. Start where you can. Start where your level of faith allows you to. And start to give back to God. If you will do this, then your story can be like the stories that you've heard 
this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. You are God who gives. One of the most famous scriptures, words that Jesus ever uttered is that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That's how we know you loved us because of what you gave and sacrificed for us. It's easy to say we love you, God, but this is often measured in how much we give back to you. Help us to be the kind of people, not begrudgingly, because God loves a cheerful giver. Help us to learn to do this stuff in faith. If we will get out of the boat and start walking, as Peter did, that's the one who walked on the water. All the other guys sat in the boat and just watched. Lord, help us to be the people who will step out of the boat, trust you, learn to give, put this practice into our lives so that we can start to experience the wonderful blessings. Because at the end of the day, God, you don't want to see a struggle. You don't want people living from hand to hand, from week to week, barely surviving. You want to bless people so that their lives will be financially successful. Help us to learn to trust you in faith so that we can truly be blessed. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Have a great day.